Hello everybody and welcome to Sound of Play. Every Wednesday in Sound of Play we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. And joining me, Leon Cox, in Sound of Play 129 is from Team Kane and Rince, Slia Haydu. Hello, it's lovely to be back. Welcome back to Sound of Play for the new year of 2018. What could possibly go wrong, Leah? Uh, I mean, it's it new- can't, can't be any worse than 2017. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I people say keep that. saying that. Yeah. And people Ugh. said that about last year. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, only only seven more years, Leah. That's well, so you got to... Th- <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Who knows what we're talking about, though? I mean, you know, we could be talking about anything, right? Could be. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, <laughs> lovely. Anyway, remember the good old days of 2002? Vaguely. <laughs> we were playing on Xboxes and GameCubes and PS2s, but PS2 never got this uh, game that we've we've heard from in the opening track of Sound of Play 129. That was a game called Hunter the Reckoning, which I did not play, but it sounds quite cool. It's a, um, it's a sort of twin sticky action game with sort of Diablo-esque RPG leanings, but also a bit of a twin sticky shoot 'em up thing. It was made by High Voltage and put out by Interplay. My main experience of High Voltage was actually the... They did a conversion of Jeff Minter's Tempest 2000 Ooh. for the PS1, and it was called T- uh, Tempest X3. And it was a really cool sort of uh, PlayStation 1 only incarnation of that game. But uh, yeah, uh, do you remember Hunter the Reck- uh, Reckoning? All I remember is the name, really. Yeah, I do, actually. Uh, so somewhere around that era was when they started putting out kind of the um, Diablo-esque uh, action-y 
loot-driven type games. Uh, and most of them, I, I think, had co-op. So you had yeah. Hunter the Reckoning and you had um, the other ones that I remember were the Baldur's Gate games. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, yeah, yeah. Dark Alliance. Yeah. yeah. Dark, and the, the Marvel ones yes. uh-huh. came a bit so later. Yeah. This was mm. sort of similar to that, although, as you say, I think it had a higher uh, reliance on kind of the shooting mechanic rather than just going yeah. up and hitting things with swords. Um, and yeah, I do remember playing quite a bit of Hunter the Reckoning. I think, I want to say I played the Xbox version um, mm-hmm. because that would have been um, towards the end of my uh, my college, my initial um, uh, undergraduate <sighs> college degree uh so i had plenty of people around with whom i could uh team up and murder a bunch of things um Mm. you know in in local co-op uh which is sadly not as frequent for me anymore but um i I do remember playing this uh with with some friends uh in the same kind of time period that we played those other types of games and I, i remember enjoying it quite a bit I remember uh, we've we've talked uh, uh, quite a number of times about the the college halls thing. It's not not a part of life that mm-hmm. I, I ever enjoyed, but some of the games that come up over and over again are Smash Brothers and oh, Halo yes. and GoldenEye and uh, all this stuff. Depending obviously upon uh, what time period you were at college, uh, we have established on this podcast or the other one, Kane and Rince, uh, what you what you studied. Um, I may have mentioned it at some point. Um, I have uh, so undergraduate. I have a degree in English and uh, and also in psychology I double majored and then uh-huh. uh, I also have a master's degree in Renaissance literature so um, wow you know super super um, uh, practical Useful. skills yes. <laughs> yeah. and I work in health highbrow, insurance, so yes <laughs> yeah highbrow stuff but uh, not that applicable to most day jobs not really uh, but uh, I enjoyed it yeah yeah, well, that's the main thing. Yes. Uh, so the whole psychology thing, this explains uh, how you're able to twist the entire rest of the Kane Rince team around your little finger. <laughs> no, yeah. I, 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 think, uh, I think that's that's just natural, I think. Just natural charm, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. So uh, that was requested, that tra- track, which I thought was rather cool uh, opening to this mm-hmm. podcast. It was requested by Bloody Initiate, uh, who said, I started playing Diablo 3, which reminded me of other games with that perspective. That's sort of forced isometric, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, specifically, Hunter the Reckoning. The main menu theme for Hunter sets the mood nicely, and so it did for this podcast. Composed by one or more of Chad Portwine, Tim Stasica, Stasica, Fred Love, and or Coma, who I assume are a band. I think maybe they're a band. Um, so I don't know exactly who was responsible for that tune, but uh, but thank you for that request. Keep them coming in. com slash forum or the Facebook page or the Twitter. Yes, we still have uh, an active, friendly, intelligent and well-populated forum. So, uh, Leah's come on to help me out on this podcast. Don't worry, listeners, regular listeners and uh, those who have expressed an interest. I still haven't forgotten about inviting you uh, community members on the show to share your own tracks. I still have my list. Uh, but as it turned out, I needed to get this show together quite quickly. So it was a shout out to the team and Leah answered the call. So we're going to have some of Leah's picks as well. And would you like to tell us about this uh, first tune for Sound of Play 129 from you? Sure. So uh, <laughs> I tried to branch out a little bit from my normal picks, which are uh, very JRPG centric. And I didn't mm. go completely away from that, which we'll uh, we'll get back into later. That's but cool. uh, I did try to think back a little bit to uh, some of the older earworms that um that i 
had almost forgotten about because they were so ingrained into my memory from playing games uh, when I was younger. And um, a game that I've been thinking about lately, um, and I'm not even sure why I've been thinking about this, but uh, mm. I, I imagine I saw something on a on a stream or on Twitter or something. I think it's been on sale lately maybe. on the eShop. So I think maybe that might be, it might have popped up in a feed. Entirely possible. Uh, but I realized that a game that I had played quite a lot of when I was younger was uh, Super Mario Land two uh six golden coins for the game boy now i have played all i think of the super mario land games i think there's three and then it starts going into the wario land uh this games. is it this yeah this is why we haven't because we covered the the sort of mainline mario series mm-hmm. uh, back on kana rinse a few years back and we didn't do the land games because then it goes into the Wario games yeah. and then there's different spin-off Wario games and it all gets very complicated. Yes, but yeah. I think I think the ones that actually are called Super Mario Land are, I, I believe there are only three of them. That's um, correct. And I, I love the original Super Mario Land. I think that it has great music and I think it's maybe had a track or two on Sound of Play before, uh, but I did not see anything coming from Super Mario Land 2 uh, mm-hmm. and I, I played a lot of this game it's it's more complex, I think, than uh, the original Super Mario Land. Yes, uh, it uh, it kind of has the the overworld with different um, kind of sub areas that you'll go into and uh, defeat a boss at the end of each one, and they're all very themed to uh, a specific uh, a specific area. And then at the end mm. of each, as the uh, as the name suggests, you get a coin and then once you have all of these six coins you open wario's castle and you go beat him up and take his castle away from him so it's mean yeah i mean it's it's not great but um he's he's very mean so he's probably asked for it in some way i'm sure but Mm. but uh the music in this game i really like because it often kind of has a uh, a similar feel to it between the different areas uh you'll you'll hear kind of the the one theme and then it's very like there's a um one called pumpkin world uh which mm. literally is a uh, a pumpkin on the map and you yeah. when you go into there it's kind of halloweeny themed it's very haunted housey so you'll hear the same theme there as you will in the kind of mechanical world but the mechanical world of course will sound more robotic and everything like that and you know it, it twitches back and forth between uh, a lot of different types of music uh and as the game boy uh isn't super advanced in that way uh it uh it it does what it can and i think it does a great job uh now star maze which is the track that i've chosen doesn't actually carry that same theme but it uh it is very uh it's kind of poppy and uh just kind of upbeat and and when i say poppy i don't mean like pop music i mean literal pops like it kind of Mm -hmm. the the music itself kind of pops to me yeah and uh it given that you are uh as the title suggests given that you are kind of going through a big twinkling maze of stars it's actually kind of a difficult section of the game if i remember correctly uh Mm. but it, it i think that it captures that kind of twinkling star feeling pretty well
So that is uh, Kazumi Totaka from Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins from the Game Boy. That was 1992, and uh, yes, that was a couple of years after Super Mario World, Super Mario Brothers 4. Uh, so they'd obviously in the three-year gap between Super Mario Land 1 and 2, they'd uh, they'd become considerably more ambitious with what they could do on the little uh, the little black and white uh, handheld and. Uh, Always, uh, we, I don't think we've played that many tunes by uh, Kazumi Totoka, but uh, always has to be mentioned. Of course, he is uh, probably the inspiration for Toto Keke, the uh, the musical dog from the Animal Crossing games. Uh, and he, because uh, you you would say his name in Japanese, uh, Totoka Kake. Mm-hmm. So uh, so it's suggested that the yeah the the very adorable dog who also becomes a uh, DJ KK in um, in <laughs> Animal Crossing New Leaf. Uh, but yeah, he also he started. Uh, working on things like Mario Paint on the uh, on the Super Nintendo, um, also Wave Race sixty four, Yoshi's Story, uh, and he also wrote, I believe, most of, if not all, of the music for the various Wii channels uh, that came with with the Wii when you first loaded that up in two thousand six. So he's kind of uh, kind of an important figure yeah. uh, at Nintendo to this day. So you said about JRPGs, and of course, uh, most Sound of Play podcasts will have something from a Japanese role-playing game but this one's a, this one's a slight diversion partly I, I picked this request out of our big old request pile because I wanted to talk to you about this game because mm. we're not we're not going to be covering it later in our Final Fantasy core game series and we're probably never going to cover it for for multiple reasons um, it's since been superseded by 14 um, but yes. Final Fantasy 11 was uh, was quite a big deal for quite a long time particularly in Japan but also it did make its way over here even I dabbled with it for a while mm-hmm. and I'm interested as a sort of known Final Fantasy fan ah, yes. did you did you give this a whirl I did so um, Final Fantasy 11 was technically my first MMO I mm, played, so yeah, I played a lot of World of Warcraft, like I, more right. more than I, I really want to talk about unless we end up doing a issue <laughs> on it later. But, well, um, yeah, that's that's been talked about yeah. as well, but obviously it's a, it's a tough one to yeah, do for, for similar really reasons. In, yeah, it's because it's, it's basically it's changed. Although I understand to go on a massive tangent here, there is now a WoW Classic server, which is based on the original build. I've heard something about that. I'm scared to look into it too deeply because yeah. I might disappear. No. <laughs> but, yeah, just leave leave well alone. Yep. You're quite busy enough working oh, goodness. with, uh, with <laughs> us. Um, but this actually Final Fantasy XI so predated World of Warcraft yes. by a good couple of years. Yeah, and um, I... I didn't last too long with Final Fantasy XI. Mm. Um, now, I, the problems that I had with it, because I played it pretty much right at release, so mm. I, I understand that a lot of the issues that I had with it uh, did get reworked in, in many ways. Because yep. um, mm. the things that I remember having issues with were you could only have one character, uh, yep. and if you wanted to have another character, you had to pay to open up another pay. character Correct. slot. Yeah. Yep. So there was that. There was... Um, I don't believe that you could choose the server that you were on. So if you wanted to play with a friend, then you That's had to correct just... As you, well. you either had to have um, some kind of pass to, yep. uh, to get onto that server, or you had to just kind of guess and hope... As you uh, as you made your That's character, right. yeah, there was some sort of. I think they they uh, later uh, added some sort of magical teleport mm-hmm. migration system where you could get an invite from a friend to to join them on their server or something like yeah, that. But I, I, I don't think so. it was there from out, out the gate. Yeah. No, um, 
But yeah, th- those are some of the things. I also remember that the progression was pretty slow. Which oh god, yeah. Oh, was it? Oh boy, I, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I I really like um, job systems in um, in. Uh, JRPGs just kind of as a rule uh, which is something you'll hear a lot from me uh, on during the Final Fantasy series when we get over the next games. two years or so yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> but um, <laughs> this this as I recall this had that but it had something to the effect of if you got part of the way into one job you could only mm-hmm. have that one job unless you wanted to completely ditch that and start from scratch yeah or you could wait familiar. until way later on where you could open up a second job and it just it it, it seemed like it was actively trying to keep you playing at a low level for as long as possible. And that yeah, just, funny I, I that tried for a subscription based game. I really tried because it said Final Fantasy on it and I really wanted to like it. And it's a very pretty game. Um, well, that was it. Yeah. 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 But uh, it, eventually I did, in fact, give up on it and didn't really go back to any MMOs until World, World of Warcraft came out. Uh, I, I dabbled with 14 for a little while. Uh, and okay. in fact, I might actually still have some kind of copy of 14 lurking in the depths of my PS4 somewhere. Um, mm. But, uh, and I, I think that fixed a lot of the things that many people myself included did not care for in 11 but i at I, least in its second incarnation yeah. maybe not the first yeah. <laughs> that's a whole nother story but um yeah massive story yeah yes uh but yeah so so the end of that story is yes i did play final fantasy 11 but i didn't get on with it quite as well as i might have liked which it sounds like you same, had a similar experience same yeah mm-hmm. really the same i it was it was kind of sold to me by uh, by a friend of mine jim mm-hmm. uh, one of i'm lucky enough to have several friends called jim <laughs> uh, this is the one who uh, who loves uh, just sitting around and grinding oh, obviously <laughs> um uh, well, this will give you that <laughs> Well, that's it. He's, you know, he's a he's a big fan of the bud, shall we say, and uh, he is quite happy to just lie there in a, in semi comatose state for, for hundreds of hours with his brain ticking over working on the Final Fantasy. So I was looking for something a bit more, uh, kind of, yeah, that demanded a bit more kind of. Uh, sort of direct active, engagement, perhaps. Yeah, a bit more active. Um, I mean, there's a there's a heck of a lot to learn. Oh yeah, uh, no, but the it, systems were dense. Yeah. And a lot of places to go, mm. and I love the concept of it so much, but actually the reality of it was way too labour-intensive for me. Um, but what I came away with was some nice, nice memories of, yeah, the prettiness and the atmosphere mm-hmm. of it. It was strong. Um, I, I got it for PC when it was already, I guess, a two or three years old, and a couple of the expansions had come out, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was a pretty nice uh, world to be in. It was just that the actual the doings were were a little repetitive, even by even by JRPG standards. However, uh, some of the music uh, is yeah, it was very pleasant indeed. And uh, as such, we had a request from Graffiti Sky from the forum, who says of all the fantastic music from Final Fantasy XI, I think I have to say that Sanctuary of Zeta stands above the rest. It's one of the most relaxing tracks in the game, and much like the zone it plays in is dripping with atmosphere. The zone itself is a foresty area where it rains for most of the time with stone and purple crystal ruins scattered about being reclaimed by nature. I have countless memories of my then-to-be wife and I running around this zone, grinding for items, talking about our days, and generally unwinding listening to this amazing music.
That's Naoshi Mizuta, one of, I suspect, many composers for Final Fantasy XI, because MMOs tend to have hours and hours and hours of music for understandable reasons. And uh, yes, that was uh, PC and, of course, PS2 elsewhere in the world where you could get online with your PS2. Not really in Europe so much. You could in America, couldn't you? Well, Um, I didn't have... You had to buy a separate modem or whatever it was. It was just kind of a great big brick that attached to the back of your PS2. I did not have one. Uh, I also Mm. played this on PC. But I don't know how many games actually supported it. But, uh, yeah, it's it's funny to think that it was not not in the grander scheme of things all that long ago that consoles really didn't just get online because that's what consoles do. <laughs> yeah, and this was post-Dreamcast as mm. well, of course. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, Dreamcast got there first with its 33K uh, modem. But uh, PS2, yeah, you needed the the Ethernet adapter mm-hmm. uh, Dubri, which, uh, yeah, locked in the back, never got an official release over here. Although I, th- I think you could get online with certain things. Yeah. Uh, if you sorted yourself out. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, I remember being one online-enabled game. Uh, but that's a whole other world now. Uh, <laughs> most games these days have some sort of online functionality. Did you know that? You really? Know? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's amazing, isn't it? I hear I hear um, that Xbox One has to be online all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, well, that, that won't go down well. No. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's funny, though. Sometimes even I, I sort of almost get taken aback playing i'll be playing like a, one of the neo geo you know classic mm-hmm. uh, roms from hamster and thinking just not thinking anything about it being a, a, a 90s arcade game and then you realize of course yeah it is still is still mm-hmm. online because you've got leaderboards and mm-hmm. and uh, uh and various modes that tap into all that and um being being someone who's from the old days it's still sometimes been like oh, that's kind of cool it's kind of <laughs> neat yeah um a game from uh, the modern world, although it's a few years old now, surprisingly, is Hotline Miami. And uh, we've had a few tracks from yeah. this uh, multi-composer curated uh, soundtrack before. Um, this one I don't think we've played before, uh, although I've uh, interviewed the its composer on here before. Yes. Um, but you're a fan of this track then. Oh, Hydrogen. I am. So uh, I... I know that we have uh, i actually did check to uh, see if i could find out if we had played this track before and i don't believe we have so no, um, yeah there's there's kind of two sets of music to my not to my mind in hotline miami they're the ones that are very kind of swimmy and um drug-induced haze kind mm-hmm. of tracks um yeah and then there are the ones that are very driving and very uh up you're going to go in there and you're going to do what you need to do. And this music is kind of pounding along beside you. And that this, this hydrogen is one of the latter tracks. Uh, the other one that I almost chose, I don't recall the name of the track is the one that plays over the, um, the opening uh, title mm. screen, which is kind of more of the former, but um, yeah. I, I ended up with this one because this, I, I don't know whether it was because I spent so long on the level that this plays in or or what it was, but um, this is really one that stuck with me and that I remember just hearing over and over and over again. Um, when, I, when I played the original Hotline Miami, it was uh, a few years ago, and <laughs> I played it on the Vita, and I played it at Christmas time, I, oh, I just I have festive. I remember uh, sitting in my parents' house, um, just kind of curled up in a chair with my Vita and playing it all in like 
maybe a stretch of two sittings or so, and I'm sure they had no idea what I was playing and why I probably looked so frustrated <laughs> and the violence that I was committing in on these little digital dudes in front of me. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, this is this is a track that I really remember from playing um, the, the same. Uh, kind of section over and over again, uh, and I think it's I think it's excellent and very representative of uh, of kind of just how it gets into you and uh, and kind of keeps you going forward.
Hydrogen by Jasper Byrne. I was lucky enough, as I say, to interview Jasper for this very podcast. Uh, surprisingly, it was quite some time ago now. It was May 2016, Sound of Play 42. Uh, but of course, you can still grab that from uh, Apple Podcasts or the website or RSS feed, uh, depending on what setup you have. And uh, Jasper was a, a lovely guest. That uh, show was brokered um, by his brother, uh, Nick Burn, obviously, for uh, <laughs> uh, who listens into uh, Cana Rinse and Sound of Play, hopefully still does, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, there was talk of them both coming on at some point for some kind of Street Fighter special. So maybe we'll make that happen this year. Uh, that would be excellent. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Jasper, very talented fellow, obviously also made his own game some years ago. Also uh, 2012 Lone Survivor that came out and still kind of pops up now and again. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's working on at the moment. Uh, I know he released a record, but I'd be interested if he was going to make another another game to see how that came out. Clearly a creative fella. He worked on the uh, soundtrack for Hotline Miami 2 as well, didn't he? He certainly contributed mm-hmm. some tracks, yes. I don't know uh, if those were uh, specially composed or whether they were... Uh, I can't remember. I probably asked him on that show. Listeners, you should <laughs> there you go. check well, out Sound of Play 42. That's to go check it out. Yeah. You should also check out, while we're plugging things, you should also check out Ryan's amazing medley of music uh, from games from 2017, a recent Sound of Play. Yes. Uh, one, two, seven, I think. I think it was two ago, probably. Apologies if that's incorrect. Uh, that's out there. And also a, a, a stellar amount of amazing work from Ryan on both organising and putting together our end of year 2017 <laughs> podcast special, which has had quite a lot of uh, attention it and has. praise and plaudits uh, because it's quite long. <laughs> Uh, when I, You're, you when are I, not seeing an error. It really is 11 hours long. Yeah, a lot of people saying, oh, 11 minutes. That's weird, weirdly nope. short for, a, uh, for, for an end of year roundup. But no, it is the entire team, except for me and Jay, uh, although I, I make a, a brief cameo at the start and the end. Uh, I ducked out because I thought... I was, you know, I was kind of burned out from a year's worth of podcasting, and I did. I'm good, jolly glad I did, given given how much uh, you guys all put into yeah, it. But it I was, think it was quite an experience. I, I want to say there were what seven. I think it ended up being seven groups sessions. Yeah, yeah. because two of them it was eight, and then two of them got combined. Uh, right, and I, I, I mean, I was only on three of them and that still was <laughs> quite quite a while um I know. yeah each one is basically the length of a normal podcast yeah. isn't it yeah it's so it that, and they, right about that so ryan incredibly has stitched them all together he has cut some stuff out they're not quite as slickly edited as our usual two-hour shows for obvious reasons yes. and uh, some people have said they've actually quite enjoyed that because you can hear more of the sort of uh, the human pauses and f- <laughs> fluffs and whatever in between us speaking which we tend to cut out for cane and rinse uh, partly bec- through pride and partly because we have our self-imposed limit um but yeah it's uh it's a it's a cracking listen i haven't got to the end of it myself yet <laughs> um, but it's uh, yeah uh, it's a it's a pretty darn comprehensive show although in typical cane and rinse fashion uh, we've sort of described it as not really being that thorough <laughs> at only 11 and a half hours oh yeah uh, well you, you know, put it i mean 2017 was quite a year exactly uh, and yeah just uh just getting all of the games that we did into there was i i think quite a feat and i'm i'm incredibly i continue to be impressed by uh some of the uh the editing jobs that ryan has pulled off recently and all of our editors but um he's he's had some 
some some pretty large undertakings. Let's put it that he way. He went he went the extra mile, yes. and uh, yeah, we treated him to a, a little end of year uh, bonus from the Patreon kitty. So thank you to all our subscribers for that. Uh, more of which later. And of course, it would have been probably thirteen hours long if we'd run through all the titles of games that <laughs> none of us had played. Yes, and we just did the whole. And did you play that? No, I didn't play that. Did <laughs> and that's that's what we used to have on the old uh, one take end of year shows that we used to do in conjunction with other podcasts uh we'd often you know we have a long old list of games and there'll be some that nobody had played so uh yeah you don't have to listen to that either anyway uh yes available from all the usual outlets next up it's another rpg piece but this time from a western developed american rpg uh, the much maligned may i say dragon age inquisition from a series that was well loved in the first place with the first game, and we uh, played and covered that on Kane and Rince some years ago. The second game, we've never got round to covering really divisive Dragon Age 2. Most people, I, this is massive generalisation, most people seem to think it's terrible, but I've definitely spoken to some people who think it's a bit of a kind of masterpiece, a bit of a, an unsung gem that was undermined by its short production schedule but where there's actually a fantastic experience there to be had regardless so probably an interesting one for us to cover someday if we ever have the the motivation then this third one came along in 2014 inquisition which i've still yet to play Uh, a friend of mine dan and uh, and his wife Anne. yes i know uh they play this obsessively to this day including the multiplayer mode mainly the multiplayer mode in fact which to me seems bizarre dan is a man who didn't like the witcher 3 at all and is obsessed with dragon age inquisition i know there's you know there's no accounting for taste (laughs) it just goes to show uh but a lot of people who even those who perhaps gave dragon age inquisition a, a solid review at the time which was which included most press reviews there seems to have been something of a actually it wasn't very good kind of tide swell of opinions since. Leah, did you engage with the Inquisition? So I haven't, actually. I've never played a Dragon Age game at all, uh, somewhat surprisingly. Hmm. Uh, yeah. That is surprising. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm i not sure why that happened. I, I didn't like consciously avoid them or anything, and, and I do enjoy Bioware's uh, work in general. Uh, just wasn't ever something I got into. I wouldn't mind uh, if if, if yeah. we uh, end up covering Dragon Age 2 maybe uh, in the future sometime. I uh, could use that as an excuse to... Uh, Go back to, to the first of, one yeah, first. And kind of mm. make my way through. But uh, as of now, I am uh, not not very familiar with the series well i think it would be i think i think you'd still get a lot out of it Mm -hmm. the first game uh it has a lot of that bioware quality from that era when they were making you know really cool stories and that all the you know the kind of the main creative talent that has since perhaps been allowed to slip away was Mm. there um if you play dragon age origins and the expansion awakening as kind of one set it's a really meaty classic kind of you know violent politically driven rpg you know lots of that stuff that we like from uh, witcher and yeah. game of thrones and stuff like that but by the same token i remember back in whenever it was i first played it on the xbox 360 i remember thinking oh it looked a bit rough 
and my assumption was that the PC version would look a lot nicer but I, I more recently installed the PC version and it only looked a little bit nicer and obviously time hasn't necessarily been that kind to it so there might be mods and stuff like that you can get to make it look nicer the systems are, are deep and in place it very much follows on from the Knights of the Old Republic uh, sort mm -hmm. of uh, gameplay models with the combat pausing for you to kind of strategize and the PC version you can pull the camera up and you know mouse out and look assess all your tactical options and uh, you give all your party uh, sort of sub instructions um, little uh, what are they called little macros yeah um, bit like bit like uh, Final Fantasy 11 I suppose ah, in that yes. respect uh, and you can yeah tell them to behave and act in certain ways and you got the usual sort of charming bants between the characters as they wander around villages and stuff yeah I think there's a lot to recommend it but yeah so neither of us obviously can talk about Inquisition but um, but regardless of what we may or may not feel about that game uh, Loki from the forum says recently gave Dragon Age Inquisition another shot I didn't quite get along with it when I when it came out but I did recall really liking the music I never quite made it to the part of the game where this piece plays out but this time when I did it blew me away it's not a perfect game but in the end I came round to it and ended up quite liking it one thing is for sure though the soundtrack is enthralling and so this is Trevor Morris with The Inquisition Marches From 2014 when games used to come out on Xbox 360 and Xbox One and PS3 and PS4 that era and PC of course uh, Dragon Age Inquisition often available in well pretty much every time Sony or uh, Xbox or uh, or Origin has a sale uh, you will now find Dragon Age yeah. Inquisition for a few pounds so it's probably in a lot of your collections but um, yeah I think it was our Josh who played it at the time and quite got into it but has since sort of rather his opinion has cooled with time so uh, yeah make of it what you will good one for a rainy weekend anyway yeah uh, speaking of Josh and his fandom of all things RPG uh, you, we couldn't let 
this sound of play appearance go by without you picking a track from the Persona stable? Of course not. <laughs> what and have you got for us this time? I think that I am uh, I am still the only person who has brought tracks from Persona 5 onto Sound of Play so far. The last time uh-huh. I was on, um, I, I had a different track that was the battle music. And this time uh, mm. I have brought uh, kind of the intro music uh, that you'll hear kind of during the intro movie to, uh, to Persona 5. Um, the track right. is called Wake Up, Get Up, Get Out There. And it is very much an upbeat, catchy, earwormy, very persona type of game um, and uh, very persona type of track to go along with it. Uh, so I, I, I don't have too much to say about this that you haven't already heard me say about persona before, but uh, I, I will say that I I have not fully formed my thoughts on Persona 5 yet, and mm. I'm sure that we will get into a uh, a lovely discussion when we inevitably do a, uh, a recording uh, on, on this, uh, because we will, because Josh and I will riot if we don't. But um, yep. Maybe <laughs> yeah. next year, guys. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's not... not the dust hasn't settled yet. We need a little no, bit more time. Too <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I don't have the love for Persona Five that I did for that I do for Persona Three and Four yet. Yeah. But it mm-hmm. is still very new to me, so I, um, I, I do really enjoy the game. Um, but I've only played it once, so um, yep. the the thing that I can say with confidence is that the soundtrack is just as good as it ever was in in uh, in the Persona series, and I really enjoy this track. I think it sets up uh, what you're going into very well. Have, have you played any of Persona 5 at all? No, I haven't played any Persona at oh, all gosh. at all. <laughs> we, should, we, should, yeah. we should work on that. <laughs> I know. I've just got a few few Final Fantasy games to get through uh, first, that's, then, I'll that's be, true. I mean, uh, then I'll be right with you in yeah, a couple okay. of years' time. Mm. <laughs> I'll come back in, uh, in 2021. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Okay, well, this is, of course, Shoji Meguro and uh, his clarion call to Persona players. Wake up, get up, get out there.
enough i was just saying about dragon age inquisition crossing the generations in its format releases well actually so did persona 5 even though it only came out last uh, last year uh, and and slightly the year before in japan Mm -hmm. but uh, because the ps3 install base was so big and so loyal i guess to persona they brought out uh, two versions and the ps they're almost the same ps3 just runs slightly uh, lower resolution and uh, the frame rate isn't quite so good in places but overall I understand it's a perfectly if you if you never got a PS4 but you kept your PS3 it's a perfectly good way to play this uh, latest in the Persona saga. It's so heavily stylized that I think that it would probably hold up pretty well uh, on the on the PS3. I played the PS4 version but um, I, I wouldn't mm. be surprised if they are both uh, perfectly serviceable and good. Yeah. So we've covered a fair amount of Persona stuff on Kane and Rince, despite uh, my sort of lack of knowledge. It's okay. I'm here on... and I think that I've been on all of the Persona shows so far. Yeah. So. so we covered Persona 4. That was your first ever Kane and Rince back in uh, 80 before you were a, a, a full member yeah, of the team. Yeah. Was your your it, it audition. Was yes. You did okay. <laughs> okay. So we, right. we got you back. <laughs> uh, we did Persona 3 in Kane and Rince issue 219 and you and josh did a persona special we did the sound of play number 70 so if you're new to this podcast uh, go into the back catalog 
they don't really age these podcasts uh, and you can hear it was like the best part of two hours of persona music i think uh, like yeah that. i believe it was around around there uh, we probably could have kept going i'm sure but uh, yeah I, I i had a lot of fun with that show and i think josh did too so i i highly recommend that one mm, good stuff so our seventh track for this sound of play is another request from ah it's from twitter this time actually and uh, i realized as i'd already kind of written this one up for the show notes that we have actually featured this track before uh, oh. this was requested under another name uh, another name for the track I should say which was Boss Battle but it's actually called Never Let Up and it's by one of our favourite composers Yoko Shimomura the great Yoko Shimomura who wrote most of the, the original Street Fighter 2 music and she's famous for Kingdom Hearts and mm-hmm. lots of other really classic stuff um, but I wanted to play this again because we had a request on Twitter uh, from somebody called Jinxed Thoughts who says finding boss tunes that really manage to get you pumped up for the fight and that supports you through the ups and downs is always a treat this tune has me looking forward to the next boss fight rather than dreading it absolutely love it Uh, so yeah Darren picked this one before but let's hear it again it's from Mario and Luigi Dream Team Brothers depending on which version you're playing and uh, from a 3DS game from 2013 
Alpha Dream and Goodfeel. Goodfeel just coded, uh, Goodfeel, who we know coded um, uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn and Yoshi's Woolly World, which uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn we've already covered on Kane Rinse. Mm-hmm. Yoshi's Woolly World we're going to cover soon. Goodfeel only coded for this uh, Mario and Luigi Dream Team Brothers, the giant scale boss battles oh. that were unique to Dream Team Brothers. So it's a sort of in, interesting team up. Alpha Dream uh, are the uh, the sort of keepers of the Mario and Luigi RPG flame. That's another series that I, I know at least Darren and I would like to do because we oh, played yeah. most of, if not all of those. Are you into those? I am. <laughs> Actually, funny story. Uh I have a, not as long as it used to be, but uh, I have a pretty significant commute to get into work. And generally what I do on my commute, because it makes me a little bit nauseous to try and read books, mm. I usually take either my 3DS or my Vita and I will play something on the train. Uh, and what I am currently playing is the 3DS uh, kind of remaster of, oh. of um, yeah Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Superstar Saga. Oh, I'm so jealous. The, well, I guess it's not the yeah. first if you count um, uh, if you count uh, just Mario and Luigi RPG. The square one. Yes. Uh, oh, the Super Mario RPG. Yes. Yeah, the Super Nintendo. Well, that was yeah, that was by Square. So mm-hmm. the, yeah, this is kind of this is kind of a separate deal. But super, yeah, Superstar yeah. Saga was my was my uh, was yeah. I, I loved that on the original. GBA. Yeah, originally for the Game Boy Advance, and I thought mm. that I had played it before. And now that I'm playing it through again, either I've forgotten a lot of it, which mm-hmm. is entirely possible, or I never actually played that one to begin with. I, I'm not sure which, but right. um, I am having a great time with it. I've played. I think all of the other ones uh, on the DS, 3DS, and and so yeah. forth, uh, mm. and I I think that they are just wonderful games. So uh, I would I would be very into uh, covering this series as well. Gen general genuinely uh, lovable and funny yeah. as well. Uh, great scripts and uh, yeah. The only the only issue I tend to have with them is they tend to have some really horrifically overly difficult last bosses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that the, is true. That instances. is true. <laughs> Uh, but I have managed to, I think I managed to get through all of them. I think possibly on, was it, it may have been this one actually that I ended up actually dialing down the difficulty for the very final boss because it was just like, yeah. you know, it was either finish the game on easy or don't finish it at all. Mm-hmm. So I'll just dial it down. Uh, but yeah, oh, I'm yeah, I'm quite envious. You've got the uh, the 3DS remake of yeah, the Yeah, it's, a, it's a very nicely done uh, port or remake mm. or you know, remaster, however you want to say it. But uh, it's, it's a very nice version of the game and uh, it looks great and it plays well. And uh, yeah, I am. I'm having a great time with it on, nice. uh, on my commutes. <laughs> okay, talking about good feel, yeah. linking these tracks together. You've picked a a piece which uh, is actually originally from earlier yes. Kirby games, but it was used here in Kirby's Epic Yarn, the mm-hmm. aforementioned, and slightly repurposed. Is this is this a, an old favorite tune of yours, or is it just this version that you love? Uh, it is an old favorite. Uh, I wanted to pick something from Kirby's Epic Yarn um, just because I love that game so yeah, much. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, it, uh, as you mentioned, it has it has been covered on Cane and Rinse previously, uh, and I I wish that I'd been here for that show um, because I this... I, I don't often find games that really just have me smiling from the beginning to the end. And yeah. this is one of those games for sure. Uh, it just, it, it was a, a true joy to play and it is just the happiest game. It's not particularly difficult and it doesn't really matter because most most Kirby games aren't uh, to, to me anyway. Uh, but No, no, they're not. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, that's, that's not the point of Kirby games for me. And I, I really enjoyed this one. It just, it looks wonderful. Wonderful. It 
it's it, it's just a joy uh and the version of the track that I chose, uh, Green Greens, is one that I think most people who have played Kirby games in the past will probably recognize, because I think that they're in most of the Kirby games, you'll you'll hear something, yeah. uh, some version of this. And I, I just like this arrangement. It, it uh, kind of goes along with the uh, kind of fluffy and happy feel of, uh, of the, the game itself. And um, I, I enjoy how it came out. So uh, this is the one that I wanted to include. <laughs> was Tomoya Tomita's interpretation of Jun Ishikawa's Green Greens, the delightfully named. It's not exactly Kirby's theme, but it, I certainly associate it with, uh, like you say, Leah, being in virtually every yeah. Kirby game. And that was the version from 2010's Wii game, Kirby's Epic Yarn, which we covered back in 2012, when it was a mere couple of years old, in Kane and Rince 43. That's our other podcast. If you only listen to Sound of Play, check out Kane and Rince. We review games in quite some depth and detail. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. We're covering Yoshi's Woolly World in issue 309, coming in a couple of months or so. Are you on that one, Liam? I am, yes. Good. Yes. Right, so you get to talk about that kind of... Because those games are very closely related. Although one's Kirby and one's Yoshi, really, they are siblings in many ways. Who wouldn't uh, want a 
Switch double pack of those two games oh, in one oh, on one little cartridge. <laughs> I would like that. Yeah, just I mean, Yoshi's Woolly World already looks pretty wonderful on the Wii U, yes. but they could just add even more pixels to both of those games, and and I think they would look even more adorable. I remember Kirby's Epic Yarn uh, getting giant bombs. Uh, best looking game of the year or whatever that the year it came out which um, which i think was excellent because I, I used to get so fed up with people um making jabs about the wii's graphics because they were sd when we'd all moved on to hd but actually sometimes it's not about how many pixels there are necessarily um uh, yeah, said, if, as I say. if uh just speaking because you uh you brought up um the the giant bombs i i really do recommend uh if you are into giant bomb at all um looking up the quick look for kirby's epic yarn oh yeah Um, yeah it is one of the and i i know that i keep using the word joy but it is one of the most joyful how dare you i i know um, i mean it is, it is one of the that? most joyful experiences <laughs> um i, I want to say it's like alex navarro and maybe ryan davis who just it's it's a wonderful experience so um, yeah. i i i recommend that it's it's very sweet yeah, uh, and I kind of fell out of Giant Bomb after Ryan Davis' sad passing. So uh, yeah, that was uh, those were good times, and yeah, they were basically floored by by the uh, the the sheer level of adorability yeah. in in that game. So, and I know uh, our Mikiel, for instance, of Kane and Rince has uh, some qualms about the gameplay of that game, which I completely understand. Um, but on the other end of the spectrum, he also really doesn't like Super Meat Boy, so uh, he he wants his platformers somewhere in the middle. No, I, it's more complicated. It's more I, I complicated than that. I do not say that, that it is a perfect game. I just say that it gives me yeah. warm, squishy feelings somewhere somewhere in the area of my heart. So uh, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, and as we'll no doubt talk about in our Yoshi's Woolly World podcast, that game does not muck about if you're trying to perfect every level no. either. And I did. Uh, uh, the, yeah, well, not not uh, the Yoshi's Woolly World, but Kirby's Epic Yarn. I had such yeah. a good time with it that I went back in and found all of the things and got all of the stuff. And uh, oh, yeah, I yeah. did 100% that game. <laughs> yeah. And even that had its moments, didn't it? Like it, to just play through it was a breeze mm-hmm. like bare, you barely had to break into a sweat but actually to com- complete and collect everything it was a little bit more had a few yeah, little challenges. I, I remember bits. it being a little bit tricky in spots to to do that kind of thing but mm. um but there again as you say you didn't have to you could just kind of coast through and let the uh let the warmth wash over you as this yeah pink ball you know just floating through these worlds it's hard to play video games well when you're kind of all gooey and you know (laughs) yeah it it makes uh makes holding the controller a little bit difficult damp eyes and all that (laughs) remember listeners please do venture over to our forum canarince.com slash forum or you can do it on twitter follow us anyway at canarince and use the hashtag sound of play if you want to make a request for the podcast we also have a Facebook page where mainly we use it for sharing uh, news from around the games industry, but also our own uh, output as well, of course, facebook.com slash rinse. But uh, mainly, yeah, from this point of view, from the uh, point of view of Sound of Play, you can request tunes and eventually, maybe, hopefully, we will play them. Uh, you can subscribe to us. That's really helpful on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it, uh, or wherever else, whichever other, uh, other platform you get your podcast from. If you can review or rate us on there as well as subscribing, that's excellent too, especially on the Apple service because reviews and ratings count towards your chart position. So it's not just about how many downloads you get. So you can also support Cana Rinse and Sound of Play. Here we are over at our merchandise shop which is Spreadshirt, 
www.cane-and-rinse.co.uk slash cane and rinse our shop there we have sound of play t-shirts and bags and cane and rinse t-shirts and bags we get a few quid or dollars for each one that you buy you can also make a donation via our patreon patreon.com slash cane and rinse the minimum donation there is a dollar per month which is currently around 75p less than a single euro and from issue 301 onwards which is already out for patrons if you're listening to this the day this comes out you will receive a download for every cane and rinse podcast one week before non-patrons just as a little treat as an incentive and as a bonus for supporting us and uh, that money really does get plowed back into the sort of the time and effort and resources that we need to keep on making all this top-notch podcasting content that you love right 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 yeah, right. Okay, Leah. Well, thanks for joining me. Um, normally at this point I ask people to plug things, but uh, that's not, you don't get to do that. Well, I mean, I could plug Cane and Rinse again if you want, but I think, I think, we, we I just think it might that. be a little monotonous. <laughs> I think we just covered that. Uh, yeah, thank you to uh, to Leah for joining me and to all of our community contributors. Do keep them coming. We have, I think we've got well over 100 requests in our pile, but I don't necessarily pick them in any particular order. We're going through them depending on the nature of the show. So if you request something soon, it might get used soon. It might not get used for a while. might, might not get used at all, but that's the gamble. Uh, yeah, and some uh, one such person who has made a request is Hayes Red Mist, who uh, kindly helped me out with an IT uh, issue that I had a work related one on social media most recently so uh, I thought as a little thank you I'll pay, play one Kickbacks, of his picks I see yeah yes uh, he he asked for nothing and all we're doing is playing his song that he's asked for so this is uh, from Command and Conquer Red Alert Hayes Red Mist says this is such a great track from CNC Red Alert it was easily the best tune for me on the PS1 version of the game which I used to play with back to back TVs at my friend's house as a kid the track builds and builds from a soft introduction and is a superb example of games music electronica I've played this track in DJ sets and managed to get away with it <laughs> like our uh, friend of the show Dan Clark who I know is uh, is always slipping uh, slipping games music into his DJ sets uh, yeah I, I've mentioned this before as well I think but yeah, I totally played the Command and Conquer uh, Red Alert back-to-back TV thing on the PS1 with the, one of those serial link cables and oh, a couple yes. of PlayStation mice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we were talking earlier in the show about uh, consoles with online. Well, the PS1 certainly didn't have any uh, online capability, but it did have a link cable. And if you had two TVs, you could play Command and Conquer. Yeah, so before I even had the internet in the, in the mid to late 90s when they ported these uh, very much PC games, the Command and Conquer games to PS1. And actually Saturn got the first Command and Conquer as mm. well. Um, but yeah, playing playing multiplayer was a real thrill. There's that all that sort of... Uh, have you ever done this two-screen sort of multiplayer versus gaming, Leah, where you sort of furtively looking over the top of your monitor <laughs> to see the other person's face and see if you can get a read on what they're doing? All that Not kind of for stuff. quite a long time. No, but, uh, well, but it's yeah, old school, I had, I've it? had a little bit of experience with that in the past. Uh, and, and, you know, that there's that and there's also the, um, to, to a somewhat lesser extent, the two players on one screen type Split of thing. Split screen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that, that it's a different set of skills you see it adds yes. to the whole it adds to it adds adds a certain uh, sort of extra tension just the fact that you cannot see the other player's screen and obviously that's 
it's par for the course now with online gaming. You you only see your screen apart from in kill counts or, or that that kind of stuff or between lives, whatever. But but back then it really was genuinely exciting to be in the same room as somebody, but also to know that they had a completely different view of the action as you. I have very fond memories of that and uh, that sort of horror horrible realization that they'd they'd plotted this whole sort of attack from the sea or something on your base that you'd never even considered defending because like well there was no way they were going to go around that way kind of thing so uh yeah um rts games i just don't play them anymore i don't think i never yeah i i never i've tried (laughs) i'm just i don't think that my my brain is quite configured that way i Mm. just never seem to be very good at them now i will say uh it's well okay i i was going to say that i have purchased a copy of mario and rabbits but i guess that's not real-time strategy so that's tbs yes (laughs) i'm not very good at those either but uh, okay yeah i'm better at those i got that for christmas too so uh yeah uh well We've been sidetracked many times in this show, but uh, thanks for listening uh, to me and Leah. And we'll leave you with Frank Klepaki and Backstab. It's a nice way to go out. Good track title. (laughs) 